Welcome to Mac and Cheese Music Podcast with your hosts, Brian DeHart. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for the great intro, Bruno. I can always depend on you. My pleasure, Paylone. Pretty much my job. We're really fired up. We're in 12 countries. Hit me now. We really want to thank our audience. We couldn't have done it without you. Obviously. We're feeling really smoking over here. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Bruno, you are bad. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Today's podcast guest is Dylan Hughes, a multi-talented individual. He fixes the cable? Well, not quite. Dylan wears many hats. Bass player, singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, arranger, educator. You think that's enough? I think it's all right. Okay, no time like the present. And always listen to Mac and Cheese Music Podcast for all your behind-the-scenes music info. Are you? What are you running? Uh, mostly Ableton these days. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, running Ableton is it? Is it? Does it work as a DAW? Let me fix these hi hats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it does everything Pro Tools does basically. And oh yeah, they all do the same. They all stuff. do the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. So what? What do you find the advantages of it with the with the Ableton stuff? Uh, I like the workflow of it, and it's got a couple like, in terms of writing, it's cool because it's got the um the session view where you can just like write little clips and and uh kind of play them in different orders and right so like you can play this scene and then this scene and just see what stuff sounds like together bring stuff in bring stuff out and then you can record that over into the arrangement side which looks like pro tools mm-hmm. yeah. and then i also <laughs> i got the the push the ableton push which i love is like a six- the ableton push yeah so it's a 64 oh, pad like right. drum pads you yeah. can play instruments on it and stuff and then it's also you know you got handy play record buttons and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's really it's nice i like it a lot. so i was going to ask you about that i didn't know what the name of that pad was mm. but can you take that it loops off your recordings and put it into into the pads the pads basically control Ableton. Okay, yeah. Right. So so yeah, you can have you can use that to control like if you had a drum loop and a bass loop and stuff, you mm-hmm. can lose, use that to turn on and off those things, right? Yeah. And and play like I was saying different scenes. Right? Like your verse, your chorus, your hook, you know, play switch back and forth between those. So it's got it's you know, Ableton when it first was coming out, boasted like it was for live performance. Right, right. It can do both, so it can do both really well. Yeah, and and yeah, I just I like the workflow of it. Um, a lot of the stuff it does really nicely, like like the way it buses. Like I feel like with Pro Tools, when you're trying to bus things together, you have to have all the all this different routing and stuff like right. that. Right, where it's pretty easy with. With Ableton, you just group a, tra- a bunch of tracks together, and then all of a sudden, it's in its own little group. <laughs> oh, that's and you can add that's sweet plugins right yeah, onto that right. layer, yeah. and you can layer those easily. So wow, I like I, I just like the way it works. Yeah, um, you know, it looks weird when you're used to coming. Like I started with Pro Tools too, yeah. right? But um, it looks a little funky when you're first coming from Pro Tools, but once you get used to it, I, I just I like it. I like you, how it works. You know, so uh, a friend of mine. Just picked up a free program. I forget what the name of it is. 
but he was he's like he, Reaper. No, no, yeah, I I I don't remember what it was. He, he was looking at Audacity, mm-hmm. and and then he picked up this other free program. I can't believe people do multi-tracking in audacity i can't how that's what i exactly i'm like what i mean i use it for like some specific editing stuff like noise reduction and things like that like you can do specific but super specific one task at a time i can't imagine trying to do a multi-track or a mix in audacity i people say that i'm like are you out of your mind have you ever tried any of the other ones Well, you know, I'm kind of an old dog, so I'm sticking. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Logic, mm-hmm. and I'm sticking with Pro Tools, and I'm not interested in learning something new. Yeah. And I understand how people would think that uh, I'm just like I know how to run Audacity. I'm not interested. I mean, it's it's really, it, it's really arduous. It's really slow, but you know exactly what you're doing from operation to operation. Mm-hmm. There is that. Mm-hmm. It's very very specific, and it's got some nice tools for audio manipulation yeah. like really yeah. good tools yeah so in conjunction with your other DAWs but like I wouldn't want to do a project in it yeah I can't even imagine doing that so <laughs> you're using it in the in the, at the level where you're cut and pasting I mean I'm sorry you're doing surgery with it right so yeah. like uh, I've been making YouTube videos right and I mm-hmm. have a little lav mic for um, you, I'm doing like bass lesson youtube videos piano lessons stuff like that my youtube channel mr bass fiend and uh so i got the little lav mic but i get this little kind of hiss in it like the air of the room and so i use i use audacity to pull that out and it works it works it works really good actually wow yeah that's one of my challenges right i was like before I figured that out, I was like trying to EQ this stuff out, and it's like yeah, it it's actually work. like a wide range of yeah. frequencies, so it's yeah, not just it one little thing. And then my uh, my voice would sound like kind of like this, you know, <laughs> 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 right? So that's the yeah. But Audacity is awesome for that stuff. But I also love Logic, GarageBand. I use Pro Tools still because I still have some older projects mm-hmm. that are still in Pro Tools, so yeah. I'll still be in there when I, when I need to be. You know, and and I, I like once you learn, like your second da, the third one, the fourth one, they all kind of make sense. Yeah, yeah. Except Fruity Loops, I can't get my mind around Fruity Loops. At I, all. I, I've never, <laughs> I've never seen it. So I just got to let everybody know this is Mac and Cheese Music Podcast. Here we've got Dylan Hughes, hey, from the Music Factory, bass player, educator, co-founder of Freudian Slurp. Dylan Hughes, welcome. Hey, thanks, Brian. Yeah. Super good to be here. Really awesome having you, man. Definitely an honor. So, oh, well, that's, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. So, you kind of got a taste of where we're headed today. So, we'll see. We'll yeah, see where yeah, we're going. Yeah, we'll see where this conversation goes. <laughs> Down that goes. rabbit hole already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, geeks are kind of like birds of a feather. They flock together, yep. man. So, yep. yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of an equipment nerd myself. So um, anyway, tell us about the the Music Factory. Uh, the Music Factory is a school in Madison, a, a music school in Madison Park that um, Ari Joshua founded, I believe, about ten years ago, and uh, he has some of the greatest, just some of the best musicians in Seattle are teaching there, and I've been lucky enough to be there since. Uh, I think September or October 2019. So wow, just about a year just and a half. Before yeah. All this. Just before all this. So like, uh, what was it? 19? Yeah, must 
or eight. No, it must have been 19. Yeah, it was just, yeah, just right before all this. That's crazy. I know, it's been almost a year. So I was only there for several months, and then we went all online. So, yeah, yeah now since since March, end of March, April, we just switched everything over to online. Um, I've been doing all my lessons on Zoom. Uh, I also work for another school in Kirkland called The Rockery, and that's also the same way. I'm there one day a week, and, and um, yeah, I... I love it though. Excuse me. I love it though because like I'm uh, in my little studio with all my equipment. I just got to walk from the house to the garage. That's my commute. <laughs> you know. Oh really? Yep. Oh, you don't even have to go to this. You don't have to go to the school at all. No, I'm in my I'm in my spot. You know. <laughs> so like. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I really like it, and I like that. You know, between lessons, I can lay a quick bass track on whatever I'm working on or whatever, you know, some of this business stuff. Um, like I said, I've been working on a YouTube channel and uh, working on putting some, some different music courses together. So, uh, yeah, like I can just work on that kind of business stuff. I'm trying to get to understand the social media the facebook ads and youtube ads and all that kind of stuff which is you know i'm even diving into copywriting which is like so new to me you know i've always just been like let me play some music or let me write some music or let me help you mix that or whatever as opposed to like trying to get the business side of it and make that part of it really work which like we were talking about earlier yeah. is so important because right. if there's no revenue that's your i mean that's your steam engine right like right if, that's right if there's nothing coming in it's hard to make anything come out and make it still a sustainable practice yeah right so i'm kind of going down the the seo rabbit hole mm -mm -mm. and have you been working with search engine opti optimization a little bit yeah. I, that's definitely not my I'm, mostly what i've been working on is like trying to understand uh, Facebook and YouTube ads. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm still not getting that, getting it. You know, and, and I just, I just keep plugging away. But I, I feel your pain there, man. Yeah, right. It's really, it's really just, interesting. It's just deep, and and you know, like I'm on you, I'm watching videos and trying to get some courses. I've been reading this book, Ready, Fire, Aim, which is that's been, a great book. Yeah, really good, really yeah. good, really useful information for me. And like I said, just like such a new way of thinking. You know, they're just talking because they're not talking about music at all. No. They're talking about sales, business, yeah. you know, marketing strategies. Yeah. And it's like, OK. And it's not that it's stuff that I've just always avoided, just always avoided. Like, oh, that's not me. But then once I and I like I'll procrastinate <laughs> to do it. Right. But <laughs> well, then it isn't once, like you don't have enough to do. Already. Right. Yeah. But then once I sit down and do it, it's like oh, this actually doesn't this actually makes sense. This isn't that crazy, you know. And and I just know it's another one of those things that the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. So that's just a one day at a time kind of keep going, keep trying stuff, and see see what sticks. So before you were at the music factory, you had your Bass Fiend website up and rolling. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still have my DylanHughesMusic.com, mm -hmm. and that's all my – Bass Fiend is my solo project, so – I've got four EPs out over the last several years. I just released the last EP about the side D. I called them side A, side B, side C, side D. 
um, about almost a year ago, just like in, I think it was April or May last year, just at the beginning of the whole lockdown and everything, I released that fourth EP. Mm -hmm. I'm real proud of that one. I really like, so go check out Bass Fiend Side D. That's on my Bandcamp. It's on my website, DylanHughesMusic.com. It's on Spotify, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of that stuff, right? So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that, and I got a couple of new solo songs pro coming out in the next few months here. So uh, that'll be that'll be something to look for, for sure. So when you say solo, you're, are you doing all the keyboard parts, all the bass parts? Yeah. Is your um, brother working with you at all on any of this, or is it just, is it just no, you? No, no. I mean, throughout those four EPs, there might be a couple little guest appearances. I think my wife's on the track oh, or two, yeah. singing Minami Fukuda, yeah. and uh, Kyle Kirkpatrick. She just had a birthday recently, didn't she? Didn't I see Yeah, that? last last yeah. Friday. Yeah, yep. that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Kyle Kirkpatrick plays drums on the track, uh, but for the most part, it's all me. You know, played all the instruments, wrote all the music, recorded, mixed, mastered, the whole deal. Right. Yeah. Um, my goal this year, though, is to do a bass fiend record that would be more of a band setting so with a bunch of guest art uh, musicians mm -hmm. it would, my vision at the moment is that it's it's an instrumental record so like on the other ones I'm singing a lot on it but on this one this would be a, be all or mostly instrumental I have a lot of the music written for it already but uh, I still need to get like dem get it demoed and start reaching out to artists and stuff like that yeah. but that's that's something that I'm gonna be working on between now and summer yeah. Right. So that's my that's my goal for this year in terms of creative projects for myself. Yeah, that's really that's it's going to take a lot of work to get through all that stuff, but that's awesome. Yeah. found that charting out your material is really a great foundation to start out with when you bring in other artists in uh yeah i mean it depends on who you're working with but sure. it, you know half the guys want written parts and half the guys just are just going to listen to it and play by ear anyway right which actually i shouldn't even say half probably most of them the guys that i would be working with mm -hmm. are going to do it like that which is cool so I, i'll mostly just like you know when i'm working with other people i might have uh i'll have direction in my head but I really I want that person on the track because I know that they're going to do what I want them to do without me having to be like oh could you 
maybe go a little bit over here. Maybe go over a little bit over here. Try this, you know, like for me it's more about like finding the right personality. You know, if I have a specific idea, I can probably play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a saxophone or something. But like, you know, when I want somebody I'm trying to get the right guy for the job so I don't have to be um do this, do that, do this, do that, right? You know, I like I trust them to come up with that part. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so um yeah. So what I have demoed already is mostly just like me on the piano in the voice memo on my phone, just like <laughs> <laughs> playing the parts just so I can so I don't forget it, right? You know, and then as I get closer to it, if we need charts I can make charts or or at least just demos. I haven't I don't know for sure yet if it's gonna be given the whole situation and everything right now, it's probably not gonna be a whole band in the studio all at once. Even though that's kind of what I wanted originally, but I think it's probably going to be more like me playing bass and a drummer first, and then start layering on the other instruments as I go. That's a great place to start, right? That's probably what I'll I'll end up doing with this one. Yeah. So, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel that the recordings are best if they've had some sort, as far as the performance is concerned, if there's been some sort of rhythm section from the beginning. Ideally, three-piece guitar, bass, and drums, mm-hmm. but I'll do live rhythm section with just a guitar player or with a bass player, but the foundation always seems to be a lot stronger when that element's included in the project. It tol- And it totally depends on the style, right? Like... For that kind of project, I think you're absolutely right. If it's more like hip hop or electronic, you know, then you're kind of just then you can layering. build it. Right. Everything's right on the click already, right? So you can kind of layer it in whatever order it comes, right? But but yeah, the, if the I think what you're saying or the way I mean it is mm-hmm. like if the the vibe has to be there, right? And then the other guys can layer their stuff on there because they're already feeling it. Yep. Yeah, so my challenge is, is that I play way on top of the beat, and and I think that most people when they are working with a click track do, mm-hmm. and so if I get tracks that come to me, and they're they've already like project that I'm working on right now, I've got the the bass and the guitar that have been sent my direction, and those those tracks are on top of the beat, and the the first attempt of drums that I did to it, I tried to line everything up perfectly, right? So it's just like, because I'm not a machine, but I tr- I tried to implement a machine-like quality and it did not work with the tracks. It won't feel good. No, right? it, does, it feels terrible. It will, I mean, like, if you want it to feel like a machine, you might as well just use a drum machine. Right, that's right? exactly right. You know, and like, what, what I, what you run into sometimes is like, like the drummer played the way the drummer played. And if you take the click out, it probably feels good if they're a good drummer, right? Yep. But then if you got the other guys playing to the click instead of to the drummer, you never know if it's going to line up right. It probably won't line up right. probably won't line up right. Right? right. So like a lot of times you got to just pull the click out. I have, like when I'm laying bass tracks to a drum that's already there, a lot of times I got to just pull the the click out. and just play the drums or I'll, you know, drop the click really low if there's like spaces in the song where I need to where the drummer stops or whatever right. and I need to know 
Okay, there's the four reference beats, for, right, right? You know, but like, yeah, a lot. I just gotta make sure I'm going right for the drums as opposed to the click. And I'm gonna vouch for Dylan. He's probably one of the most accurate bass players mm-hmm. I've ever worked with. Yeah. Uh, he's recorded over here, so uh, much appreciated. Much oh, appreciated. it's really true. I usually have to correct, cut and paste people in, but <laughs> dude, I just well, I'm just gonna leave this alone. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's well, that's. That's a really amazing skill. I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back and talk about Freudian Slurp. What's the history of that band? Oh, the history of Freudian Slurp. Uh, Well, Ian and Kyle Kirkpatrick and I had a group called uh, Reef Encounter. For many years, did, was that brief encounter or reef? In- that was reef, <laughs> reef encounter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, it, you know, we had that for a while, and we played a lot for several years. Several years got played a lot together, and I guess like early, early mid twenty, my early mid twenties, and that. Kyle moved out of town, and so that group kind of came to a close. And Ian started an, a new group called Freudian Slurp with uh, a few with some other guys, right? And they did a record called Edible e- Edible Complex. And uh, <laughs> shortly after that record came out, uh, the rhythm section of that band decided to move on and Ian was a little down about that and he called me and Kyle and he was like come jam with me (laughs) and from there we just uh, um, we were in after that so it was me and Kyle and Ian again and Dave DeLangowitz and keyboard players kind of rotated in and out we had several different ones on the record the last record we did called Get It was uh, Travis I'm blanking his last name. You remember Travis from Mojam? I uh, think so. The keyboard player. He, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that guy was awesome. I love playing with that guy. He was on that record, and then he also moved out of town. Kyle moved out of town again. We ended up on this. So we did a record in last January, a year ago, where we did a live performance and filmed it, recorded it, all of that. It turned out really cool. It's not out yet, but that'll be out this year. I'm guessing in the next few months around. Uh, I'm guessing early summer, but mm-hmm. I don't know for certain yet. Ian's in charge of all that. Yeah. One, right. But um, so that's got Tyler Musgraves on drums and John Gano on keys and Adam Robb on trumpet. And then me and Ian, of course. And uh, that's. It's a lot of original material and a couple of covers redone. Uh, we got a Nirvana song in there. And yeah, so that's going to be really cool. The video is beautiful and the audio sounded really great. And so I'm pretty excited about that one. Yeah. So when I'm doing video shoots, I do a lot of retracking. So I don't want, I don't want to edit it post, right? I just want to capture the entire live performance. But I've, in order to get the right track, there's a lot of repetition of the songs. Did you guys just go top to bottom straight through? Twice. Twice. Okay. So we did like two sets, the same set. Though actually we flipped it. The second set we did the set in reverse order. 
interesting. Just, just, just to, to change just it to up, change it up. It you know, most of the audience was the same audience, yeah. so to give them a little something different. And uh, and the second set was the take. We we just took everything from the second That's set. Awesome. It was cool. the first one sounded good too, but I think then, you know, once we nailed the first set, we all got to go. <sighs> yeah, done. Relax, and then just like got into it on got the it, second one. Got it one into the and, flow. Yeah, and just felt good on that second one. So that one all, yeah. That's I'm really very excited impressive. about that. It's very cool. Very very impressive. Yeah, I mean, most most of us have to pull the David Leonard Letterman World's Most Dangerous Band four or five cuts, and then you get it right, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You guys must have rehearsed your butts off for that project. We did, we did, and you know, there's. There's stuff in it, you know, but it, but is. but the but the nature of the music is it allows for that kind of stuff and it and it and it's part of the experience. So, mm -hmm. yeah, super cool. So that project is 10, 12 years old. Freudian slurp. But just go back oh my farther goodness. than that. No, it's not further than that. But it's probably like eight, eight, eight years old, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not keeping track, but <laughs> some, <laughs> yeah. This is the third record. So you and your gr brother grew up playing together? We really didn't start, you know, we both started playing bass. I play bass, he plays guitar about Can a year about a year from each other mm -hmm. like in middle school. Um but we really didn't play together until after high school. Like we really, I mean, we did. We got along fine, but we weren't even really like friends until after high school. Sure, you I get. You know it. what I mean? The sibling rivalry thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And then like we just like once I moved out, that's when we really connected. Right. And and started playing music together, and and yeah. So I've been playing with him now for fifteen plus years, and that's so, a good foundation. Yeah, that works. That works. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So your house was when you were growing up super musical. Um. Parents? Not, I mean, there was a lot of music. My dad, my parents loved music. My dad loved blues, B.B. King. Uh, we listened to a lot of Motown and Beatles and Bob Dylan um, growing up. B.B. King was the first concert that that he took me and my brother to when it I was, was in. was really good, wasn't oh, it? Oh, man. Yeah. It was gorgeous. It was yeah. amazing. We I've seen him twice. At the Gorge. Oh, wow. How fun. Yeah. It was cool. It was really cool. So yeah, but my parents aren't musicians, but they were both actors. Oh, I uh, forgot to turn off my phone. <laughs> oh, well. Speaking of Darnell, Darnell has a has a real habit of calling it podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does, man. This is the second time he's done this. He knows. <laughs> he, he knows. knows. <laughs> he can feel the force, the podcast force. It's awesome. Let me get in there real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I brought brought him in on one. I think it was the Serapins on interview that I did. But uh, nice. anyway, please continue on about the musicality of your household. Uh, yeah. So my parents were both actors. Oh, that explains right. it. So yeah, they they there met it is. they met in the theater out in uh, in Pennsylvania, and before they moved out here, um, and so they were always really supportive of me and Ian playing music and following art as a a passion and a profession and all that. So yeah, that went a long way, I think. <laughs> it really did, and they and they totally understood what it took to. To do that, so are they still actors? Are they still? No, they're not no, playing no. that any longer. I've never seen either of them on stage. Okay, um, 
they no my mom they were both retired now but uh my dad just retired from he was a lobbyist oh yeah and that's a whole story right there good yeah. lord well and you know he started he, a lot of that he started with the arts alliance you know so he was lobbying for arts and and then working with the science center so he worked with a lot of nonprofits and things like that helping uh helping them raise money mm-hmm. uh he raised a lot of money for the opera house oh very very cool yeah, yeah. um and then my mom w- was a, a first grade teacher for 20 some years i believe so mm-hmm. she just retired about a year a year ago or so maybe two now but yeah so they're enjoying themselves they're relaxing you know they had some big travel plans for the end of last year which Failed. of course fell yeah, apart yeah. but you know they're ready to get get back out there soon once that vaccine comes and all soon, that so, yeah yeah so what are the prospects looking like for live playing for you? I'm, gigs are already starting to book up with Darnell, so that's are they really? Yeah, they are. We're, uh, we've got stuff coming up in the summer. It was probably a phone call for something else that he's awesome. got working. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen much. Uh, I've just I've had like a handful of shows over the last year, maybe. Yeah. And then, like I was telling you, the church playing with church every yeah. Sunday has been awesome because um, just. You know, keeping me working on bass and, and practicing and, and the music we're playing is like challenging gospel music, you know, so it's like pushing my ears and pushing my chops and all that and keeping me keeping me fresh. So that's been really wonderful uh, to have that going. Is that like the mass choir style of gospel or is uh, it more the R&B no. style based gospel or what sort of gospel is it? Uh it's a, I think it's a little, we only have like a couple singers and, um, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of both, but it's yeah. not, we don't have like a big choir. Yeah. Right. At this point. But there's anyway. some really technical music out there, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And some Super of these guys technical. are like some of the most amazing, like the recordings we're listening to are just like some of the most amazing yeah. bass players, musicians that right. you'll ever hear. Right. Are you a big Fred Hammonds fan? Do you know who that is? Uh, no. I'm going to have to turn you on to him, All man. Right. He's a gospel bass player, man. He's, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of new to that whole yeah. world, to be honest. So yeah. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Yeah. So please. Yeah. I'll turn you on to Fred Hammond. Yeah. Feel like I'm flying. Swing without a on that at the beginning so a little bit about ableton so that that is your your daw platform mm-hmm. and then what else are you using in 
you have a keyboard. In terms of gear? Yeah, gear, yeah. Let's talk gear, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not, I'm not a huge gear guy, but the keyboard that I have is keyboard, this Korg SV1 that I love. It just, just the feel of it is awesome. The weighted, the way they weighted those keys is super nice. The sounds on it are nice, but I'm usually using it as a MIDI controller anyway. Sure. Um, uh, I've got, you know, my, my interface is, is like a Focusrite, oh. uh, eight channel mic, uh, interface. Yeah. And I got another Focusrite vocal preamp, <laughs> <laughs> which is just, you know, what I picked up at, at the trading musician. Oh, okay, at, yeah. At the time when Focus I found Focusrite's it. great gear, man. I've got, is. A, I've got a Clara 8 downstairs, which All is... All right, yeah. 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 Boy, yeah. I got the, the Scarlet. Scarlet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, six, 6i6 six or... The i18, i20. I oh, think. okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big Scarlet. Yeah, but they're super affordable, too. Yeah, well, they the sound time. great. And that's they it. sound great. Yeah. And they sound great. Like, yeah. I've, ha I've had it for a few, several years now. No problems, no complaints. Just solid piece of gear. I love it. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and then I have the Avalon U5, which I've had for a while, which is just like that's so sweet. It's man. money, man, for recording bass. Yeah, it's like that's all I need. I don't. Yeah. I don't use that. I use. I've been using guitar rig. Okay. For for uh, amp modeling. Sure. And I can get so, like. But once your once your inputs are. Swell when the DI the is clean works like great. that. The modeling's yeah. nice, yeah. you know, and especially for bass. Sure, you know, yeah. it's a little easier, I think, for bass than guitar. But mm -hmm. I like the guitar sounds in there too. I use, you know, to be honest, most of the time when I'm recording guitar, I'm going through that U5 also and using guitar rig, and it's pretty. It's pretty clean. I'm more of a purist. I've got the Rivera Venus 6 down there and a, and a, uh, a Fender Deluxe. Yeah, yeah. You know, that stuff's great. That's great. You know, you can't you can't argue with that. Yeah. That's for sure. I, I never would, you know, but as not being a guitar player per se myself, right. I'll just, yeah, <laughs> I'm right. good with it. Yeah. Whatever sounds good works for me. A lot of what I'm doing also is like more on the R&B hip hop kind of thing too, where it's loops or mm -hmm. you know maybe loops that i played but still like finding the little snippets of it as opposed to like yeah you know i'm not a guitar player i'm not a keyboard player i love playing those instruments and teaching those instruments and recording them and finding the chops that work and all that kind of stuff right but like bass is where i can like play play yeah and you had mentioned loops i prefer if I'm, if i'm going to do that I don't want to use somebody else's loops. I make them myself. Yeah, you know my my own instruments, and and and, and it ends up instead of being a second, third, fourth, fifth gen generation playback, it's first gen generation. Mm -hmm. And I found that the dimensionality comes out. It's real. It was a whole different ball game when you do your own loops. Totally. totally. Yeah. You can get exactly what you want. Exa exactly what you right? want. That's exactly you're right. Uh, there's definitely something to be said for the whole. Uh, culture of sampling music i love that too you know it's like um can't beat the precision <laughs> yeah can't beat that you know they're taking like stuff that was a clean clean sound stuff that sounded great yeah. to begin with right mm -hmm. and like and flipping that in a whole new way and, and the thing I, I like about it too is it's like this roadmap. you know it's some newer artists saying yeah you like my music check these guys out Mm -hmm. You know, they're, it's like pointing back to 
this is something that inspired me back in the day. And so now I'm going to snag that and flip it into something new. And if you're really into it, go check these guys out back here too. You know? Yeah. I like that a lot. So you're working a lot in the realm of digital. Yes. Yep. Yes. Almost Not entirely. Like I don't have a drum drum setup or uh, stuff like that. And anymore. I don't have a bass player. But <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm plug and play, man. It just <laughs> Yep. That's beautiful. That's such so nice to have that setup. Yeah. 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 But like, yeah, with the drums, almost everything I'm doing is, is you know, electronic based, um, sample based drumming and stuff like that. Yeah. But like for that record I was talking about earlier, that I do want to have a live drummer. Because there's, as a bass player, there's nothing like playing with a drummer. That's what it's all about. Well, right? but, that's what it's all about. It, is that relationship? You know, as a drummer playing with a bass player, that's kind of what it's yeah, all about. Exactly, exactly. It's just like there's nothing like that link, and like that's the thing. That's the the thing that's really missing from 2020. You know, is playing with the drummers, the jam sessions where we just we get to just dig in and be like, okay, you're going there. Okay, okay. Well, what about this? You know, and just like that push. I miss that. Yeah, I really miss. Now that. it's coming back. We'll, we'll it'll be, be back. There. It'll we'll be, be back. There. It'll be back. But so let's talk about that Avalon a little bit. Are you using that as a, as a pre for vocals too? No, just oh, just just the bass, just the bass and guitar. Um, it might be cool to set. I could. I, it'd be. You should. Set I've up thought an about. It. I've thought that. about See that. What you come up with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, it's not that. I don't really know the name of it. The, like they got that bigger Avalon that's like a rack mount. Yeah, and that those, thing, that's sweet stuff, man. I'll, one day I'll get one of one of those because yeah. I love Avalon, that. Manly. Ooh. Those are the areas that I need to go into mm -hmm. someday. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I, when I first got that U five, I was using it for live. You know? Really? Yeah. So I was just like, have that's my... brave. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Someone spills their beer on oh, it. Oh yeah, done. you never know, right? <laughs> you never know. But I was running, you know, I just had like this little GK combo amp, but I was running the Avalon into that, and so it was like getting a really nice tone out of that. But then I upgrade when I upgraded my live rigs, I was like, no, nah, this can just live in the studio now. It's a good idea. Yeah, it's yeah. a good place for it. Not <laughs> to move it, just let it sit. And yeah and yeah. not suffer any more entropy than it needs to. Mm -hmm. As far as, are you doing all of your mixing in the box? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're not yeah. using any exterior mixing board? No, no, nothing like that. Just a bunch of Waves plugins. <laughs> yeah. What are your favorite ones? Um, I told you I got a lot of questions. Yeah, man. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> um, I love the Abbey Road Plates Reverb. Really? I use that all the time. Yeah. And then, I, actually, I really like the Abbey Road stuff. Like, in the Abbey Road Saturator, I got that one kind of recently. I use that all the time, like, on vocals. I love just a little Warms bit, a little warm, warmth yeah. on the vocals. It's super nice. Yeah. Uh, and I got this, what's, this one's kind of crazy. It's called Brower Motion, I think. And so it's kind of an auto pan, but it, like, you can get two different ones going at the same time. And you can get them synced or not, and, like, it'll... Rather, it doesn't. It's not just like right to left, right to left, mm -hmm. but it kind of does a a circular. It gives it a lot of depth. Are when, you mixing in five point one and seven point one? No, because that's no. a perfect plugin yeah. for that. It would be. It would be. Yeah. I'm not set up for all that, but like that would be really. It would be really good for that. But even when just like if you got a couple headphones on, it really you feel this depth from this thing. It's pretty nice. 
And um, what's your application for that? Uh, because I'll you tell me your application, then I'll tell you mine. Because I've I've used that sort of stuff before. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it can be just nice to get a little bit of motion going in your mixes, right? Uh, background vocals or like uh, like on a rap on a hip hop, you know, like the hype track mm -hmm. where where you know they might just be saying a little interjection here or there right. if that's like moving around the mix a little exactly. bit exactly if it's just like static like 33 left or whatever it kind of just gets a little too it's like driving into your brain every time it's there and so when that's get got a little motion to it mm -hmm. it it feels like there's someone hopping around in the in the yeah. room with you like really getting you hyped up kind of thing right or or you know even like some some kind of pads or something like that or some kind of like lead lead guitar not like a not maybe like a maybe a solo but not like a solo so much as like like some background lead guitar just to give stuff a little more a little more um organic feeling okay, just like yeah. you feel like you're in the room with stuff mm. breathing some breathing going mm -hmm. on in the mix as opposed to just feeling flat yeah so what I've done in the past, and it was mostly pre those preamps, uh, I would end up with a mix, and I was like, I, "There's no depth here, hmm. you know, and it's just not warm enough." And so, sort of on on the same line that you're talking about, so I'd take take uh, I forget what wave uh, plugin it is that I was using, but it was a a a, a wave plugin that would move the sound the wave files across the mix mm -hmm. and, and I would take record just like a basic keyboard part bring it way down just way down in the mix and puts a, put it just a ton of reverb on it and then just let it move around and it would like the places where there weren't frequencies it would fill in the mm. it kind of just like plugged yeah, in yeah. the missing frequencies a little glue a little bit of glue holding yeah. it together and it's not something you can you have to it's audible but it's so low in the mix it's more like a f you feel it, it more than you hear that's it. right yeah. right you sense it more than you hear it yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and it sounds kind of like that's kind of what you've been doing with this as well yeah yeah, some some something like that, and just like I said, like something to give it a little bit more of a little more life, right? It makes it feel like stuff is is in the room with you as opposed to just standing in one place. Yeah. So there's going to be no extra charge for the mixing tips today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how do you approach a compression? I'd really like to hear your views on it. Um. Well. I have this I have this free compressor plugin that I love. It's what is it called? It's I think it's Klanghelm is the brand or something like that. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's two knobs, you know, input and an output, and then a little fast slow switch. Really? And it's so simple, but it just sounds nice and it just like, you know, it may not be for everything. But I use it on just about everything. If it works, it works. It works. I use Smack just about on everything. Yeah, right. I'm starting to move away from that now. Mm -hmm. just, but uh, but Smack has been really, really, really good. You use Smack too? No, I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, is it a is it a 
is it a DigiDesign design average program mm. i don't remember i think i think it's an old waves program mm. but uh yeah it, it's it's just it has a tonality to it that is just like wow yeah you know without it being a piece of hardware for it to have that kind of tone mm -hmm. it's yeah 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 and it's the the old wave um trying to think of uh, oh yeah joe meek the old waves joe meek uh compressor and eq both had that have that kind of tonality to it and it's just really 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 works well with presence and also warming up the mix mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of the same thing you're talking about yeah yeah and i just like you know just to rein in uh volume dynamics yeah you know if mm -hmm. the track is going a little loud a little quiet you know just kind of try and rein that all in right and i'll usually like on vocals it'll be like i'll put some eq and uh, the first eq will just be cutting out use it as a filter just cut yeah you know cutting out the highs like you know a low pass and a high pass mm -hmm. right and then just like surgery out all the little extra frequencies <laughs> you know and then a SOP, little, baby right <laughs> then a little compression uh just to kind of tighten that all up and then and then i'll boost some like wide boost or and cut like just to shape what I actually want it to sound like and then a little more compression maybe some saturation some reverb or definitely some reverb but you know uh... I could be a rich man would I have all that I I could be a broke man Just trying to eat I could keep on wishing Or I could live out these dreams Where would I be without love? I could be a tall man Or short as can be I could be quite charming or kind of a crave I could keep on standing Or fall to my knees Where would I be without Saturation thing, man, is I have is that saturation plugin like I have a I have an Aphex I have an a Aphex 204 which I bought for that very reason to warm things up, and I haven't used that rack I, I don't know in ten years <laughs> I haven't used it in ten years yeah and I stopped using it after I brought in those started bringing in those good preamps that's yeah that's uh, that was. But you know, I, I I may put it back into the chain one of these days, and you know, I'm I'm a little bit more knowledgeable now. But I'm I'm still not sure how to work that thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not as much. I sat on my rack for five six years. I just didn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have that all set up to be able to run it 
later also yeah you know right um i don't think i'd want that stuff in oh the initial the mix? initial no, recording no, right because then you got no right you got no control yeah. over it that's Co- why i mean like that's why i do everything in the box anyway mm-hmm. you know just because that's where I'm, I'm just looking for a nice fat clean signal at the top and then everything else i can do later yeah you know so are you BMI, ASCAP? Do you have a preference um, of those? BMI. Yeah, and, and why, did, why did you choose BMI over ASCAP? I'm just asking. Yeah. I for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I have a good reason why I chose it. I just, I think that's the one that I don't, I have no idea why I picked yeah. that one. That's the one, I think the people I was working with at the moment when I lined mm-hmm. up for that were aligned with BMI, so yeah. that's why I picked that one, yeah. But I'm not sure it makes a big difference. Has it has it been working for you? Or no, I've never made a dime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But they so uh, ASCAP charges right. BMI doesn't. Isn't that the difference right there? I want to say ASCAP charges. There's an initial fee. Initially, yeah. BMI doesn't. But to be a publisher with BMI, they have they charge you, and ASCAP doesn't. Oh, Something that's, like that. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Right. So like a song, you can be a songwriter for free with BMI and you can be a publisher for free with ASCAP I think right uh, you've been doing covers on your your solo projects did you or is that just no no that that's was just all a Freudian original slurp. that, okay, that was gotcha. a Freudian slurp uh, yeah. yeah we did that Nirvana tune and, and a couple others which Nirvana tune uh, oh gosh Oh no! <laughs> Is it the one that goes? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Oh, I know that <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, I'm totally blanking on it right now. I'm totally blanking. But Ian, Ian did a bunch of different arrangements of of Nirvana and other others things. Have you seen the string quartets doing Nirvana covers? Mm-hmm. You gotta check it out, man. Oh, that's the, cool. Those Nirvana songs are legit. Yeah. All the way, they're, they're so well written. They're cool. You they're know? so legit. They're interesting. Yeah. They're like, yeah. especially for pop songs. It's like, oh, that's the chords. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. There's a few of those out there where where they're just with these. It's just you know like four piece string sections covering uh, pop tunes and like the Nirvana stuff is just like. That smells like teen spirit. Oh my god, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So some of the artists that have inspired you for the years. Oh, we gotta talk about the Victor Wooten stuff for sure. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of artists that have inspired me. Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh yeah, well, I first my friend introduced me to Vic back in well, when I was in college. And we sat down and watched his Groove Workshop DVD, which mm-hmm. is like, it was just so cool because it's like I've never seen anybody talk about music like this and break it down. And this, it was like, oh, these are the things I've been missing, you know? Like, because he goes into notes, like, his kind of his whole idea is that notes, you know, most of the time music theory, we talk about notes, like chords and scales and all of that stuff that we get taught is all notes and he's like there's all this other stuff with the you know rhythms and tone and space and feel and and he's broke it down into 10 equal parts attributes Uh, maybe uh what does he call them 
don't remember what he calls them, elements, 10 elements mm-hmm. of music, mm-hmm. notes being one of them, and they're all equal. Of course. Right, or not, you know? And, um, yeah, so that DVD just like, whoa, really amazing. And at that same time, I was starting to, I have read uh, Effortless Mastery by Kenny Warner. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that book? No, but it sounds like one I should check out. Oh, man, that was a life-changing book. Um, and it definitely, you know, again, kind of started talking about these things in a way that most people are not talking about it. And he's talking about um, basically neuromuscular training, right? And and Which is what we do. Which is what we do, exactly. And bring it into this kind of meditative, relaxed state, right? Which is the most efficient way of learning and training your muscle memory, right? Um, and, and so that book and then Victor's book, The Music Lesson, I read both those books in 2010, 2011. And it ju- they both, those two books together make, got me thinking about music totally different and kind of turned me on to this whole spiritual side of music <laughs> uh, or opened me up into those things that I was all, you know already feeling those things but didn't necessarily have words for them yet mm-hmm. right so uh, that's when more of my meditation um, practices started and started delving into all of those kind of ideas that Eastern philosophy along alongside with music as as a musician right and combining those and I, so i read his book vic's book the music lesson in 2011 like the end of 2011 and i was like told my friend who had showed me that video originally i was like we're going to his camp we're doing that this year 2012 so we signed up and we went to the base nature camp and that was just that was amazing right like I mean, I was learning about bass and music and then also just kind of learning about myself. Because it was a couple days in and, you know, I was I was kind of shy, a little nervous about meeting people. And my buddy is so extroverted. He was just like bouncing around, talking to everybody. And I'm like <laughs> kind of like feeling weird. And I was in the lunch line a couple days in and some random person started talking to me and I felt a little funky, like, who's this guy talking to me? And then I just had this realization, dude, you're in a bass camp here with 60 bass players they're all bass players they're all here for the same reason you guys are all here for the same reason why are you being weird Don? and and like so like that kind of those kind of realizations about myself of like look at this habit you have of kind of of being so standoffish to new people when you know they're here for the same reason mm-hmm. like it's just that not trusting new people so just things like that so it's just been a i've been since then i've been out there four times i think over the last eight years and um it's just been a really magical part of my life it's one of my favorite places in the world if not my most favorite places he's got a ranch outside uh nashville and it's called only tennessee and um the name got, of the town is only mm-hmm. <laughs> yep and uh and they uh they run camps all summer which is right next to otherwise right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah through those camps um through through that 
then because when I started working with Ari, started working at the music factory, uh, I had just come back from one of those. And so when he started wanting to do this podcast, he's like, Dylan, you think you can get an interview with Victor? I know you kind of, he, you kind of know him. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Well, I guess I can't turn down that opportunity. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, you know, it took a little bit to connect. And finally, Victor was like, yeah, let's do it. And he was open from the beginning, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He sure was, yeah. Yeah, and, and just like, it was cool. It was really awesome to just get to spend it. You know, we just hooked up on Zoom and and uh, just talked for about an hour, a little over an hour. I watched the entire video. It man. was great. I mean, and it was just like... I was blown away about how deep Victor Wooten is. It was just like, holy crap. I've, I've listened to his recordings. Yeah. I've always had appreciation. But the guy is just, like, completely connected. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Right. And, you know, like, as a bass player, of course, I'm like, wow, this guy is doing, I don't know what he's doing. This is amazing, right? But really what, what connected me with him originally was, like, how he, his education on it. Like, how he talks about it and how like you said, how connected he is mm -hmm. with it and with yeah. himself and how open he is to share that with everybody. Yeah. Right? Well, and when he speaks, it's like, shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it, it isn't... And he doesn't demand it out of you. It's just no. that there's just so much that he mm -hmm. had... So much introspection and so many great perceptions he has about about music and 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 just about and about life it, about life well, it's and that's totally what he even applicable. said he yeah. said that in the video too he, or in the interview he was like you know people come to me to learn about music but really i'm gonna just i'm gonna tell them about life and what i think about life right and so that you know it's just been that's been a huge point of growth for me uh getting to connect with him a little bit and and just that community that I have now coming from those camps, you know, I have friends from all over the world who I've been through, like going through a week, <laughs> a week with someone in that camp is like you've known them five years or something. Oh, like that's that. the connection it's, is amazing. Yeah, it's it's just deep like that. It's crazy. And you said they knock it out for you too. I mean, you, is it the camp's a thousand bucks for the week ish. Ish. Yeah. Well, that's you know. Four, was it five days, six? Yeah, and I mean, it depends. There's several camps throughout the, throughout the summer that are like kind of different um, subjects. Oh, okay. Right, and and so they, uh, you know, they're all priced accordingly. Accordingly, yeah. Right. But world-class instructors and musicians out there, um, you're just hanging with them. You got your own room, too? No, it's it's like summer camp. You're oh. bunk mates oh. and and uh, sleeping on cots. Oh wow, uh, wow, that's pretty cool. It's a little bit, you know, yeah, they it's a they want campish. It is, and they want they want that they do that for a reason, you know, right to create the bond. Yeah, 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 and and the food is amazing. They feed you know three three amazing meals every day, and uh, yeah, you're just in it. It's yeah. I, I can't like if you have any interest in this at all just 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 do go. it just do it it's, yeah. it will change your life the breakout sessions too yeah 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 whole yeah, thing. yeah 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 so uh tell me about your student body um i'm thinking students yeah i got about 20 students or so now uh, i think i got a handful more rolling in new ones coming in in february so that'll be cool mm -hmm. and yeah uh I like it because it's a healthy mix of adults and kids, and 
Yeah, I just, I like that. I like that. Um, I was getting kind of burnt out on teaching kids a few years ago, right? And so I, was I actually... I just going to ask you about that. It's a I, whole different approach, isn't it? Yeah, and I love kids. I always have. But I think at a certain point I was feeling like I was feeling a little more disconnected from beginners. Like the further my musicianship went, it was mm-hmm. kind of a little harder to connect. And I was just, I was tired and I was driving way too much. And so like I actually stopped teaching in, in 2016, 17, 17 for a few years. I ended up doing some construction and stuff and just gigging and which was really good. I needed that little kind of sidestep. Needed to have your hands beat up for a while so you could well, yeah. get your perspective right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and what happened was in early in summer early summer 2019, I hit my thumb with a worm drive. Oh, and needed 12 stitches in my thumb. And but like at the same time it was like I didn't hit the bone. Like a half inch in any direction, I'd never play bass again yeah. kind of thing. And it was, so it was just like kind of this thing. It was like uh, m- the way I think of it is like music was like, okay, Dill, <laughs> if you're not going to use those fingers for what I gave them to you for, right. I'll take them back. Yeah. Right? And so I just kind of took that as like, okay, I think I've gotten what I'm going to get out of this uh, this little detour and yeah, I need to was, get back to it. It was good. It was good. It was good. And then, so that was early 2019, summer, I mean, summer, early summer. And like, I just, you know, that was about the time I started playing with a with a church. And when I, uh, so I just, that summer, I just was gigging and Ubering. And I put on this show at the Royal Room at the end of summer where we did, uh, we did a Love Supreme, the John Coltrane album. And that was sweet. It was awesome, man. Yeah. We had, I think there was 150 people on a Wednesday night mm-hmm. in the royal well, that's room. A good, that's a it good was show great. Up. Yeah, it was great. It was like packed out, and um, and Abe Beeson from KNKX like came, uh, helped me out with that one, and and like came and introduced the band and all that kind of stuff, and and it was just such a great night. I had, you know, and that was like that was that was the first show I'd personally put on in years. Right, probably since Reef Encounter Day is the first time I booked a gig in years, and then like really the first time of doing my thing and putting all the work in and doing the press releases and getting the band together and all of that kind of stuff. Right, and I did a solo set to open that up of like bass fee material, and then I did uh, and then we did the Love Supreme, and that was just that record's just been important to me for the last five years or six years, you know. I I think I first heard it in 2015 on a on a tour with a reggae band up the West Coast. Uh, but yeah, we listened to that record a bunch, and it just yeah. just spoke to me. And then the story behind it was really cool too. Like he, uh, Alice, his wife, was talking about he um, when he was writing that record. You know, he usually he had this space up above his garage where he would practice and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And when he was writing that record, she said he just kind of disappeared up there for a week. And there was no, uh, usually you'd hear him playing all day. He wasn't playing or anything. He was just, I guess, meditating on it. Like would come down for some food once in a while and then just go back up there. And at the end of the week he came down, he's like, I got my record. I got every note. I know exactly what's going on this next record. Right. And I just, the idea that he, thought it into existence like that or received it or however I don't right, know exactly yeah. but just 
I just love that record. I still listen to it. I think I listened to it two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, I get it, man. I, it's uh, uh, old, old Dizzy Gillespie stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Antonio Carlos Jobim. Yeah. Uh, 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 Horace Silver. Mm-hmm. I love Horace Silver. Mm-hmm. And I, what I like about Horace Silver is, is uh, his his simplicity. And what, on on the flip side, you know, you got McCoy Tyner, same era. And well, he's on that Love Supreme record. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love his playing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I've i had a, a a piece of vinyl several years ago where he was doing uh, multi, um, multi-time figure Afro-Cuban. Huh. And, 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 and I don't know how many different modes the, these songs were in, but it was just like... Holy God! And it's super enjoyable, right? Yeah. But then, then, then it's like listen to the horse silver to kind of cool off. <laughs> right, you gotta get, you get a little heady there for a minute. I mean, Horace was he just put together a whole bunch of ear candy, man. Jeez, mm-hmm. it's great stuff. Yeah. So, Coltrane. Who else? Mm, who's been influential? Yeah, yeah. Victor, obviously. Obviously. Um, uh, in terms of bass players, you know. James Jamerson, I listened to him, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like subconscious even before I was playing bass. You know, I I just listened to a lot of Motown, and then, and that was yeah. Wasn't he just the, the one finger? One tech? finger, yeah. one finger. Yeah. yeah. How and about just, that, right? The lines are so beautiful, you know, right. and 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 uh, there are no rules, brother. Right, <laughs> right. But he's still like, yeah. It's exactly what it needs too. Yeah. Like they're they're all over the place in one sense, and then in the other sense, they're like right where they need to be mm-hmm. you know um, great melodic sense yeah and uh, you know I said earlier like I grew up on a lot of like Bob Dylan and then uh, in terms of artists that I've listened to a whole bunch uh, Pink Floyd and Jeff Buckley you're too young for Pink Floyd man. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, like, good music I, is good music right in high school I was that's all I listened to all day long was Dark Side and the Wall and Animals and yeah. yeah. What's your favorite one of those three? Uh, or actually, you know, I think my favorite is Wish You Were Here. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. from Dark Side of the Moon, right? No, it, that's its own album. Wish oh, okay, here. okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's got these like, it's got like four. Obviously, th- I'm not a big Pink Floyd yeah, fan. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It's got like three or four song songs on it. And then the intro and the outro are both these like fifteen minute instrumental pieces called Shine, Shine on You Crazy Diamond that are just they're magic. It's really cool. Yeah. A little bit of uh, just a little bit of antidote here. So when they recorded Money, and the, I've, this is, I think I've read this, is that is that they didn't they didn't have loops back then, and so basically what they did is that they in order to create that that playback for that they strung the tape all the way across the studio yeah he said he was using like uh, like drum stands and like mic stands to to keep so the tape would be the right length and, yeah. and keep running running around on that that seven four uh yeah. yeah 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 i heard that read that too or heard that yeah interesting click track right exactly <laughs> exactly you know basically the same concept right exactly yeah exactly yeah and uh yeah so the stuff they did the stuff they did back before yeah. oh, i'm so i feel so lucky and blessed that i can do everything <laughs> that like on my little 
my little studio i've got everything i need mm-hmm. compared to like like i got all these abbey road plugins like they're based on all the stuff that these guys were using to record when they were working yeah. in abbey road right yeah that's another of my favorite records abbey road yep. the beatles record yeah that one I've worn that one out dozens of times. Not bad for their last attempt, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Let It Let It Be was after that one, right? Uh, well, I, no, I think Let It Be was be Abbey Road. I thought was the last last one, wasn't it? I th- I'm pretty sure it's Let It Be. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Abbey Road and then Let okay. It Be. I think, but you know. Yeah. We'll have to look that up after. Yeah, it 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 really doesn't matter. <laughs> no, they're both <laughs> magnificent. Yeah, right? masterpieces, right? Yeah. And that's those days when they would just stay in the studio for a month at a time and just... I'm not opposed to that. I'm not either. Yeah. But it, I don't think... Uh, I don't know. The budgets don't allow for it the same way. Well, that's why we have our own gear, well, man. That's, yeah. It's, uh, I'm I'm fully wired and set, man. I, I'm running... I got a 100-foot snake. Yeah. I, you know, I've got a, a, all the... I can run... I could probably run 18, 20 tracks live. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Still haven't ventured off into that territory yet. I mean, who's got the time? Who's got the, hey, hey, we're going to be over at Brian's house every day for a month straight. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like everybody's got to have their day job. They really need to shoot me by the time. (laughs) Right. You don't have a a label that's like paying you and paying the studio and paying all that. I mean, obviously they had to pay that back through their sales, but that wasn't an issue for those guys. (laughs) Yeah. But still, like, yeah, we don't get to... It doesn't quite work that same way, but on the flip side, it's so easy and accessible and fast now that you can do stuff in a few hours here and there, and and releasing is like, you can get it to the whole world in minutes. Yep, don't need any more middlemen. No. Yeah, don't need the approval YouTube, of the record label. Spotify, iTunes, it's all so easy. It's just all at your fingertips, right? Yeah. And it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's so easy, and at the same time, it's too easy, and at the same time, everybody's doing it. And you got to break through the noise somehow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. What's your favorite platform for uh, releasing your music? That's a good question. I use DistroKid to get it all out on. You're the second person I've talked to in the last two weeks who's using DistroKid. I get that's to get it out onto the streaming services, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that's nice because it's just a yearly subscription, and you can mm-hmm. release as much as you want, as opposed. What's to the like, cost? Uh, it, there's levels, but I think the base is like twenty bucks a mm-hmm. year, which is like nothing and that puts it on all the platforms just like yeah. that yeah and and you and you if people are if buying people it, are listening to it or oh, buying it on mm-hmm. youtube uh, i mean itunes mm-hmm. um yeah they should 
filter that money back to you. Okay. And then I like Bandcamp because it's just pretty direct. You can just mm -hmm. put your music there. People give you a few bucks and it goes right to you, mm -hmm. you know, whereas the streaming services are kind of like roundabout. Yeah, yeah. But that's where people are listening. Yeah. yeah. Do you use, do you use uh, is it SoundCloud? Uh, I don't, I, I'm on there, but I don't use it very, yeah. very much. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm taking a look. At, of course, since we're start we're considering uh, start the album, we're going to release it one song at a time. And these days, it's just like you know, if releasing a full album is pointless. Why, yeah, why would you? Release I mean, you 12 can, or fifteen songs when people just listen to one anyway. So. Thirty seconds of one. Yeah, thirty seconds of one. <laughs> right? if you're, and if, if you don't back, have a, if you don't have a video, yeah, you're not oh, even going to listen. Know. Right, so you got it's like you, yeah, basically you got to do singles and videos, mm -hmm. and stack them up, and just keep doing them. Yeah. And then when somebody's like, "Oh, this is dope," then they're gonna go back and start looking at your other stuff. Have you been doing videos with your releases? A little bit, a and, little bit. And, and then I are, are you using open source material for the videos, or do you pay a, a subscription rate to someone for the? For the video like shootage editing, no, 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 no. I, I was like, so like, uh, Audio Blocks has a, a. Uh, have you heard of Audio Blocks before? No. They're basically a downloadable service that music, audio, whatever. You pay, you pay the subscription rate. Let you into their libraries. Well, they also have video block as well, and so they'll like be like stock footage that you can yeah, compile. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And no, I mean like the video, like I got one main video uh, for for my solo stuff, for a song on Side C called "The Lover," and I just shot that on my phone. Oh, okay. Edited it on my computer, and uh, then ran it. Ran, ended up running it through another thing on my phone that turned it all kind of cartoony, which made it look a lot cooler. Okay. So that yeah. I like. I like how that one turned out. But yeah, it, I mean. And then all the YouTube videos and stuff I'm filming, just doing them on my phone, editing them on uh, DaVinci Resolve. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is really nice. I use Final Cut Pro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same thing. So, yeah, yeah, basically, basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's basically... I I, mostly I use it because I'm a Mac guy, and, and one of the beautiful things about Final Cut Pro is that if you lay the audio onto Logic, they just go... And they melt. Oh, they just, just suck it right in. That's just cool. like that. Yeah, it's that's cool. Really pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that I I like that. That makes it easier. And then and then so you, that makes the editing easier too. So yeah, yeah. So you know, learning. <laughs> it's crazy how much you got to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's so again, it's so cool that Welcome it's all to the 21st right there century, on your fingertips. Yeah. yeah. And and for me, it's just the kind of thing where I'm like. I want to learn it, and then when it's getting in the way of my being an artist or, or I know it enough to know I don't want to do it, then I can start outsourcing that, hiring someone to right. do it, right? And then I know how much I'm willing to pay, then I know how much I'm actually getting out of it and mm -hmm. all that, right? And so Have just you been using see Fiverr? what I can do. I haven't, not really, yeah. not yet, you yeah. know. I, I talking to a friend last week. She's I'm doing it fiber. all. I'm, yeah. Right now, it's all I'm doing everything. Yeah, you know? me too. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, first of all, I think it's really important that you 
understand what it is you're doing and, and exactly I, I'm, I'm actually and what you're paying for right, if you're not doing right that. I'm, yeah. I'm actually working on a blog right now uh, about that very thing it's it, and it's great to have all the sh all the quote unquote shortcuts that we have today but even from that point of view it's really important and we were talking about audacity uh, earlier it's really important that you understand what it is that the shortcut quote unquote allowing you um, so like audacity like we were saying earlier it's like step by step by step by step there mm -hmm. aren't any real universal commands on there mm. um, but with today's technology I I think that the the attitude is is that people think because they've got they've they've got a they've got a USB microphone they got their all their samples and uh, and their loop playbacks and their drum machines and the blah blah wolf on their laptop it's like oh, i don't I, I got all these tools i don't really need to know what i'm doing mm. and it's really important that you know what you're doing absolutely yeah. and but at the same at the same time of that is like you can learn yeah you can learn you can learn and the information's all out there for you you know it sure is youtube more than ever oh uh, and it's amazing it's amazing i love that i think that's so it it's so cool because that's the way we learn is like okay what do i need to be able to accomplish this task okay that's what i need to learn and when you have something like that that is in front of you that you need to accomplish then you'll learn that skill Mm -hmm. Right, whereas the way school's set up, where it's like now you gotta learn calculus and now you gotta learn to spell and now you gotta learn things like okay, but I took calculus. I was good at calculus in school. <laughs> I'm not trying to knock it, but it's like I have never used it. Oh yeah, since right yeah. and like well, you're not plotting any cor courses for uh, rockets into no to hook no, up with asteroids, right? You know, and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the way we that forced learning where it's like now you're going to learn this now you're going to learn this now you're going to learn this where it's like like with my students if there's a song that they want to know then they're going to learn this chord mm -hmm. if i'm just like learn an f chord especially the kids are like well what are you talking about why yeah let me play some music dylan right <laughs> right so but it's all out there for us so as as I'm trying to learn, like this business side of things, right? As I'm trying to learn about Facebook ads, I can just get on YouTube or the internet and and research these and learn exactly what I need to know today to accomplish this next little bit and integrate that skill into my toolbox. And then tomorrow I have the next skill I need to integrate. Right. Right. And they all just build on top of each other. And that's the way our minds work. It's like, okay, I have something I need to do. How do I do it? Okay, I can figure that out. As opposed to just like, here's everything you ever will need to know. Just get it. It's like, well, what am I going to do with that? Nothing. So what's your feeling on live streaming? Have you been doing any of that? I mean, obviously you're doing it in your lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's one-on-one -on -one basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't done a lot of show. I mean, like I was saying, the church is live streaming their oh, services. That. Yeah, that's pretty right? cool. But that, that's basically the main thing mm -hmm. I've been doing. Um, Slurp hasn't done any shows like that. Uh, the Ancient Robots has played a few shows, but those were... Uh, Joe Doria was on just this afternoon for his brunch on acoustic piano. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it. He's always doing it. He's like... he's. 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't done any like solo sets or anything like that. Um, one of the next things I want to try to get together in the next month or so is uh, I want to start doing some some webinar type teaching yeah. lessons, right? Yeah. And try and drum up more, you know, advertise that to the different base groups on Facebook and stuff like that and try and drum up more clientele, right? Mm-hmm. More students, more, yeah. more of that, right? And try and, you know, reach a wider audience in that way rather than just the one-on-one thing so mm-hmm. that's the next thing i gotta figure out how to how to make that actually happen it sounds like the base feed newsletter is going to be coming out oh, soon we got that that's that's happening you can uh sign up for that one okay well yeah. good for you yeah. yeah how's the response on that it's all right it's all right yeah you know, I got, uh, is it free or are you charging for it no no that's it, free yeah. that's yeah. free and and like i take like on my youtube videos there's usually a pdf download that goes along with it and all i just grab your email for that that's so really very build, cool build a list i'm gonna check that, that stuff out yeah. for sure yeah so where do you see yourself going in the future i mean i got i got a ton more questions you got two more hours <laughs> <laughs> maybe not two but but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i'm good i'm yeah. good um future i am like i said i got this record i hope i got a couple tunes in the near future i got this record i'm trying to put together for myself uh over the next six months um i'm really working on trying to build this online business right so more teaching online uh one-on-one students you know i'm still building that but i've had interest from people all over the world already like uk missouri (laughs) Nigeria. Uh, I think I had somebody from the Philippines talking. I was talking with somebody from the Philippines for a little while. So like, you know, it just the the access is so cool that that's out there. So I'm just kind of dipping my fingers in that one. But like, that is where I want to be able to go. I want it to be all online so I can be mobile and right. like teaching wherever I'm at. Right? right. And then so building this YouTube channel and then build like I was talking about building these courses. So video courses that I can sell. Uh, and again, building up audiences, uh, building up clientele in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So that business-wise, that's where I'm trying to go uh, with my teaching. And then uh, creatively, that's where I'm trying to go with those uh, more, just more time on my own things and and other people working on other people's projects as well. I like doing that. Uh, so Freudian Slurps got a record coming out this year uh, with video. With video. With video. Um, the Ancient Robots is working on projects. We have some stuff recorded and some stuff we're in the works on recording, and we're working on getting some videos going for that. So that should be coming this year. The, uh, the Tyler Hamilton Band, we recorded a record about a year, a little over a year ago, and he's mixing that one right now. So that should be done very soon. It's amazing how long it takes, isn't it? Right, <laughs> especially when you're on your when you're doing it on your own and trying to make get all those little details yeah. right you know so um i'm excited for that that stuff's going to turn out really cool Just music music more music and trying to be as online and mobile as possible because i mean even before covid everything was going that way and now it's all it that accelerated way. it it accelerated it was just kind of like boom, push you off the cliff kind of thing we were teetering on the edge i think i mean i really think that a lot of you know, Amazon, all those guys, they just switched right over to being online. It's like, that's where they're going to stay. 
Mm-hmm. I can't imagine people are going to want to commute when they spent a year not commuting. I mean, there's certain things that people want to go back you were to. We're voicing the benefits and, today. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact that you just walk out your door. <laughs> walk to from, you, yeah, <laughs> walk from my house to my garage and yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I'm, you're there. I'm teaching, you know. Got a cup of coffee in hand. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wake yeah. up, get a little morning routine, meditation, workout kind of thing going, and then go teach. And it's just like, yeah. that's the vibe. That's that's the vibe I want to cultivate. So um, that's where that's where I'm heading right now and trying to, trying to make myself as sustainable as possible mm-hmm. in, in that way. Um, it's been cool this Kicking year. Kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. This last year I've had a number of, like, production clients too uh, where we a lot of it we did remote. You know, she one one of them uh, lilac season. She'd send me a demo of her song, and then I'd get some drums on it, get some guitar. Ian was on that one a lot, and uh, put the bass and add whatever needed, and oh, then send it back. Oh, we just need to do, an, do enti- an entire podcast about what you do for production techniques, man. Right. <laughs> right. That's really interesting. It was cool, and then you know I'd just do the mixing and editing yeah. and whatnot. So you basically just. She sent you a demo. She sent me a demo uh, with her vocals on vocals it. Vocals and scratch guitar usually. Yeah. Separate a, tracks should be. Yeah, yeah, separate tracks should be to a click. Uh, to a click mostly, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, you know, I'd hire the extra personnel and and they do their parts remote. Yeah. And and then I compile it and turn yep. it into thing, and we got we got three more of those coming up this year too, and so that's awesome. Uh, those turned out really cool. Lilac season. That's all all out there streaming and everything, so you can find those. And so you did the production, the engineering, and the mastering for it, all and, three, and the bass plan. Yeah, of course the bass plan. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's yeah. not forget about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Wow, that's really really something. That's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I forgot to mention. Uh, Dylan's a producer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, thank you for coming in, man. This has been awesome. Hey, <laughs> Super awesome. Pleasure. A pleasure. Yeah, yeah and, and you're certainly welcome to come back anytime. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you got a- anything that's on your heart that, mm. musically that you want to talk about, cool. Yeah, doors maybe, flat out open. Maybe it'd be good when, when some of these things start getting released. To oh, yeah. Love little, to have you. A promo kind of idea. You know? Absolutely. That sounds absolutely spe- uh, fantastic. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Dylan Hughes, phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, he's over there laughing. Yeah, it's just when you run into, I like hanging out with people like this because they're smarter than me and it, it helps me feel better. Ah, well, it's been a pleasure. It's absolutely. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Mac and cheese out. See you, everybody. Be safe. Hey, you want more mac and cheese? Mac and cheese music.blog on YouTube at Brian at Mac and Cheese, Instagram and Twitter, www.macandcheese.com. And thank you, Anchor.fm, for hosting this podcast. Take it away, Bruno. More on that later. Close the door. Oh.